This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Eric Verdon. Eric is an accomplished tech entrepreneur, C-suite executive, contributor at the Forbes Agency Council and advisor with more than 20 years of success in marketing, advertising, cannabis, health and wellness, fitness, luxury, fashion, beauty, technology, and digital industries. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Ron. Appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, long story short, it was back in the uh, mid 90s. So you can do the math. But um, uh, I just I, I ultimately wanted to build websites and, uh, you know, started to kind of learn on my own and, and became uh, pretty addicted to at that point, uh, uh, something called Macromedia Flash, which uh, kind of ruled the internet for a good chunk of time through the early 2000s. And yeah, just really became part of the community that built out um, some of the earliest uh, websites and interactive experiences online. And it's been a long journey, a uh, long journey since then to, uh, to where I am now. Nice. And have you always kind of been in tech or how did you kind of, uh, you know, climb to a, you know, founder, executive, that kind of level or whether some of the uh, the steps you had to uh, go through? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like anything else. I, uh, I, I took a job outside of school and, uh, and found pretty quickly that one thing I was good at was uh, not listening to my uh, to my bosses at the time. And, um, you know, really was interested in kind of carving out uh, what it meant to be an entrepreneur. So a couple uh, friends that uh, I went to school with got together and, and we started our own uh, interactive agency and like most started out of the basement. And, you know, uh, it was up to me, I guess I sort of took the the reins and the short straw one day and said, you know, I'll talk to clients, I'll do the reach out, the phone calls and, and the meetings and um, kind of just force myself as an introvert to figure it out and and by no means deserve to be the CEO, if you will, but um, it was a, a great time to, to learn. And so just sort of took it all in, in terms of what clients were saying, good and bad, and learning how to price jobs out and hire employees and, and grow and, and quickly got into real estate and growth and travel and uh, exciting partnerships all around uh, the world. And yeah, and just sort of threw myself into it and, and learned along the way and uh, by no means, um, you know, went a traditional route, but uh, uh, enjoyed the, you know, the, the MBA uh, on the streets, if you will. Yeah, I think oftentimes that is a better direction. You become kind of battle tested and you pick and uh, kind of take things from each thing that, you know, each endeavor you do and then ultimately makes you a more, you know, well-rounded business person and leader. Yeah, I mean, I think too, when you're in the world of marketing and advertising, you're introduced to many types of businesses uh, every single day. And so from all the things you sort of rhymed off and, and never thought I would be in cannabis or retail and consumer or beauty or fashion and all these kinds of things you are introduced to and 
you start to learn from other business owners uh, about their business and their experience and you really are a sponge to the things that uh, they're interested in that they've went through and i think that's an, an unwritten advantage to the world of marketing and advertising and tech as well is that you you really do have at your fingertips access to unbelievable people with a lot of knowledge that if you're willing to and listen you can learn a ton from yeah i agree and i think uh oftentimes specific industries, those marketers stay within that industry. So they develop a specialization, let's say, in pharma or life sciences. But people, uh, I worked in that industry, but I've taken things from other industries I've worked with that, you know, were successful, but the other industry may have not used and kind of gaining that insight and that experience throughout time and with these different industries and then carrying it over and utilizing it. Granted, some industries are obviously government regulated or, or there's um, bottlenecks that you have to kind of adjust to, but taking things and learnings from, uh, you know, different campaigns and different categories and applying it to something else, I've seen success in. Yeah, I agreed. And, and I think now, especially to, in today's world of, of analytics and, and data at our fingertips all the time, it's taken from a a very subjective business uh, in almost an archaic model of advertising to something that is hyper, uh, hyper timely and, and focused and driven all on on data and some sort of results. And it, it puts us all in a great uh, spot or ability to be able to test and try and engage in new experiences or new things. And, and if it doesn't work, you know, turn it off. And if it does continue to go and that constant iteration is a massive advantage to anybody in, in business today. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, importance of speed to market and then ability, like you said, to take those learnings and if you have to pivot as fast as possible. Absolutely. So what motivates you to succeed? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think uh, I've always tried to to draw back to one thing in, in my uh, early life in, in terms of sports and, and in teams and being involved with all sorts of types of situations and you know, uh, travel and all the things that come with com competing. Um, and, you know, I draw upon that all the time. And I think there's definitely a part of myself that uh, even, you know, just competing uh, and of course I'm Canadian, so I have to play hockey, but um, I still love to to perform and, and to compete. And I think that is ingrained in, in myself. And so it motivates me to not only learn, but uh, get into new environments, uh, albeit sometimes awkward or, or new or different. I find that as a, an advantage to get in and ask different questions and always be curious and get into the whole uh, notion of, of why people are doing what they do. And to me, it comes from discovering why someone else has been successful or, or you know, just naturally inquisitive to why am I in a situation or, or what is going on. So, you know, success, I think, is also variable and subjective, but the drive it comes from learning in, in the environment of just naturally being curious is, is how I would answer it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important regardless of uh, what age you are, or what, you know, part of your career, if you're working for, you know, a Fortune 500 or small company or for yourself to always, like you said, be inquisitive and don't become complacent. Because I think complacency is kind of the, the death of innovation. So constantly keep redefining. And I've used an example before where if you look at the uh, Fortune 500, let's say 50 years ago, 30 years ago, how many of those are still actually on the list? The ones that obviously didn't innovate and keep growing and redefining kind of uh, became obsolete in the market. 
yeah, there's there's no one else to blame but yourself, and, and you you hit the nail on the head. You can you can be complacent and wait and hold on and, and not innovate or challenge, and we all know what the outcome of that is is going to be. So uh, there's no excuse for it, and you know ultimately it's uh, it's up to all of us to continue to challenge and listen and find uh, new ways to uh, to get ourselves more motivated. Yeah, I agree, and I think a lot of people say, "Oh, you you know you have plenty of time, regardless of what age you are." But if you don't have that motivation, putting it off, you know, internally, it's a it's a you versus you kind of battle. So if you say if you say you're going to do it tomorrow or next week, next year, you don't have the time to do it. Most likely than not, nothing is going to change for you to get motivated to do that at that later date either. Yeah, and I would say you 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 can become addicted to the chain reaction of the events and the motion and the energy and the positivity that you create. So if you're sitting idly by hoping that something is going to happen or waiting for, you know, something to happen, then then ultimately, you know, it's going to be it may come to you and just may be a lot slower. And I've always been just naturally sort of poking as many opportunities considered a a whack-a-mole or whatever analogy that you want there's always something that's going to pop up and how you deal with it good or bad is always going to lead to another outcome or some different situation and all of that is learning uh, as far as i'm concerned and uh, you never know what the, the next day is going to bring yeah i agree and learning from actually doing something so if you sit around you can't change anything and get to anywhere or find something that is applicable and like you said the variables will change. So you may have an ideal climate to do something or it's the right time now and you still are hesitant or scared of taking that leap. But tomorrow or next month or next year, that you know, climate, economic climate, that industry, that vertical may change altogether and you're not presented with the same variables. Absolutely. I mean, uh, cannabis is one of those as, as a as a Canadian here and dealing with the ride of the last you know year or two or three of, of what cannabis has done to an entire country and industry. We see that into now with, of course, through the U.S. and, and globally. I mean, it, ha- it has not only resulted in a new business and new vertical, but new jobs, new careers, new process, new technology. I mean, you know, if all of us were to sit there and sort of wait to, to find our own niche versus going out and carving it on our own, of course, you're going to, you know, be able to even control that even more. So it's, to me, it's a great example of a, a net new industry that is so new and so ripe for disruption continuously that where do you find yourself within it will only, you know, be up to, to each one of us. Yeah, I agree. And how's kind of the climate in Canada? I know I kind of bought in a little later in terms of some of the uh cannabis stocks like aurora can uh, cannabis and uh then it you know proceeded to tank a bit so how's kind of the climate and is it still kind of growing or figuring itself out yeah i think there's definitely a bit of both i mean uh, there are definitely some organizations that continue to rise uh, uh, against the odds and, and some that are, are more profitable than others uh like in any industry that is new there's a lot of overvaluation and there's a lot of speculation around, um, you know, the product and the supply. And, and of course, before you get into legalizing something like cannabis, you assume one thing and, and, and then the results are the other. So there are definitely spots of uncertainty and here within Canada and some of the, the larger, larger brands or larger organizations. But at the end of the day, I think what will be next in, in terms of forecasts will be continued consolidation, whether it's through acquisition or partnerships. But ultimately, you know, the amount of spinoffs and again, in jobs and organizations and, and companies that are still not only profitable, highly valuable and continue to, to do a 
amazing things. I think we're still just getting started. So as the rest of North America and as the global economy kind of continues to, uh, to continues to expand, I think we're only just tip tip. This is touching the iceberg, if you will, in terms of where this industry is going and also what it means for alternative healthcare and all sorts of fantastic things. So only only up from here, as far as I'm concerned, you know, negating some of the the earnings over the last quarter or two for sure. Now, I'm not familiar with kind of uh, the government structure of regulation in Canada. Now, are those cannabis countries in terms of production and them as entities themselves kind of governed uh, in a different way? It's yeah. curiosity to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's things change every day and that's part of the um, issue slash opportunity. And, you know, you go back to October 17th, a couple of years ago when legalization came out and uh, there were a handful of licenses uh, from a grow perspective that were handed out and there was no uh, ability to even open a retail location for example uh, that didn't happen until last uh, April where there was again a select few licenses through lottery that were uh, divvied up through organizations and uh, and of course that was limited and all sorts of you know behind the scenes of what you can grow and where and how and in the policies and legislation that came through on how to manage all that has now been changed and continues to change so it does evolve you know as much as uh, of course our, our government is is here to you know uh, properly or improperly manage certain situations they are doing their best in the new business and the new vertical and all sorts of things to try to constrain and manage it as much as they can uh, but also listen to the consumer and listen to the organizations that are all ultimately that need to grow and they need to drive revenue and profit for their shareholders but also ultimately for the consumer that is in charge of handing over their hard-earned dollars uh, uh, to, to be able to to afford uh, this product that, you know, is in many cases changing lives uh, as well. So, you know, it does change all the time, uh, continues to do so. But I would say it's it's all for the good. They continue to loosen the, the reins and make sure that these organizations can continue to thrive and that it's having a positive uh, uh, effect on the, uh, the economy for sure. No, that's interesting. And I think in the U.S. and uh, other countries, as laws change, as uh, legalization becomes more kind of widely uh, accessible and acceptable, I think obviously the market's going to see more growth and uh, that's going to you know, shift possibly again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's only just, it's only just begun. So uh, happy to talk about it more at any time. I think we're lucky as an organization here within, uh, within our country of Canada to just be a part of, uh, uh, of that business and, and learn as much as we can as it all kind of evolves and changes. That's awesome. So what's one thing you've seen in yourself in the past as a weakness that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Yeah, so a couple sort of major goals for me. One of them was, again, being uh, in tech and in creative and marketing for a long time and now moving over to the world of, of software and, and SaaS. Um, you know, a big, a big weakness still for sure is is my role in a, in a finance or in a, in a financial situation. And so that's twofold is I have great partners uh, and uh, in both from shareholders and, and friends that are more financially oriented and driven, and that's their world. I would say I'm more... I will use business or creative or um, uh, or energetic in terms of making our, our team 
meet the objectives and the goals that we set out. So I, I, I love to lead, but uh, two parts of that is making sure that I understand how we're going to scale and grow this new business. But also, you know, we set out a couple of years ago to, to raise some money for our uh, our new software. And, and uh, my personal goal uh, was around understanding the world of, of finance and, and raising money into a, a new business like this. And so, you know, fast forward to uh, to us closing our early seed uh, raise uh, just at the end of last quarter. Um, spent really about two years understanding all facets from angel to different seeds to different venture capitalists and how they you know manage their thesis and uh, their funds through to private equity, et cetera, et cetera. So that that would be the way I would answer it. Something I felt quite uncomfortable with, and, and now feel a little bit more uh, comfortable with it, continuing to learn, of course. Yeah, and I think it's important to know at least a little bit about kind of the landscape. So if you have any type of company or business, let's say it's marketing focused or something else, I would encourage people to know the other things or the other moving parts, obviously not to an expert level, but at least understand those roles and what they entail. Rather, Whether it's in, in-house you have somebody doing it or a freelancer, uh, you know, virtual assistant or somebody remote, understanding really what goes into it can help you appreciate a role or appreciate a process a lot uh, more. Yeah, I mean, I would say no matter what it is, uh, to your point that you're trying to achieve, if you can be authentic and, and genuine and, and whether it's something you know or, or don't know and ask great questions and be interested and be inquisitive, uh, you know, we're all humans and we all, I think, you know, we, we feel more comfortable in those situations and a little bit of vulnerability goes a, a very long way. And it's also a fantastic way to learn from experts. And, and ultimately, if you just simply ask someone, hey, can you help me out or can you do me a favor? Or I'm really looking and interested in learning about this. You know, most of us as, uh, as humans are going to turn around and give you some quality time and, and help you feel more confident about something that you're trying to overcome or, or learn. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's how you go about, obviously, like you said, asking and and being genuine about it and getting kind of to the point as well, because I think everybody time is limited. So if you do ask somebody for something, be genuinely interested. And basically, I think asking is tough for people. So even, you know, asking people to come on the show or, you know, proposing something in terms of business, I think that first ask and thinking you're going to get a no is something to overcome. But majority of the time, something like that is just in your head. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not to get too hippie on it, but I know we said we talk a little bit about motivation and, uh, and what gets us going. But yeah, I mean, uh, approaching any situation with an outcome that is exactly the way you want it to be, uh, and generally that's going to be a positive one, puts you in, in a state of mind. And you probably hear this stuff all the time, but it, it, it is 100% accurate and it's such a, uh, a psychological uh, thing to overcome. And we're all ultimately probably fairly insecure. Uh, but if we can put ourselves in a state of mind of knowing what we're trying to achieve, you see this with professional athletes all the time and they're the best at it because they practice it. Uh, but for all of us that are new to business or in the middle of our career or at the end of career, you know, if we focus on the outcome that we try to achieve, it's going to put us in that state of mind and in a position where we are more adept to be able to realize that outcome than if we, you know, already closed the door going into something and saying, oh, this is not going to happen for me. So, yes, it's hard, it's awkward, and it's somewhat self-fulfilling, but it absolutely does work. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, personal or professional? 
Sure. Well, I think it probably goes into that. The one thing uh, when you talk about weaknesses, I, I probably went a bit of more of a definitely more of a pessimist in my earlier days and, and maybe waiting too much and hoping that something would happen or, you know, that I need to be lucky and just it'll come to me. And, and now it's what I one thing I've really identified, you know, was whatever it is that you want, you need to be focused on what makes us happy. Generally, that comes from our morals, the way we're brought up, the values that are instilled in us from a very young age. I always encourage uh, entrepreneurs, business people, or anybody to write those things down. Generally, those are the, the compass or the pieces of the direction that keep us going in terms of the decisions that we make. Uh, being in business and, and being an entrepreneur and being just in general in, in life, no matter what you're doing, is hard enough as it is. But if you have sort of your own values that govern the way you make a government, and the way you make decisions, I think it's going to be easier for all of us. And, you know, I would say as things get more complex and as you get older, you have kids, you have a family, there's all sorts of other things that impact your day to day. If you can come back to a central way that you can make decisions and you have written that down and you look at it every day and it's part of your motivational, I actually think it'll help you not only in business, but all of the things that you're going to run into from an adversity perspective. So that would be the one thing I would, I would say. Yeah, I agree. And I think having kind of core values, or like you said, a foundation of who you are will, you know, help you or decide how you make decisions. And obviously, things like uh, what's important in your life will change over time, in terms of your age, in terms of what you're doing in business or your personal life. But that kind of, you know, core belief is what, you know, defines how you react to situations. And then obviously, the situations you've been through, you know, positive and negative hardships, losses that all molds you in terms of how you react in the future to a situation and how you kind of uh, evolve and keep evolving as a person. Yeah, there's nothing worse than being in uh, a, a terrible situation when you're in it. Uh, on the outside of that is always something not only that you take away from it, but they have to become some type of, of positive outlet for you. So the, I find that as you go into a, a, a certain bit of adversity, um, you know, if, if you know going into it that, okay, this is meant to happen, I'm going to take something from it, maybe that is enough to help you get through it. And on the other side, you're going to be able to reflect and say, okay, it did happen for a reason. Let me write that down. How did I feel? I always would recommend, you know, recording what it is you're feeling and, and not just writing it down. I always record it so I can play it back and sort of hear and sort of feel you know, what I was going through at that moment in time, it's, it is a little bit bizarre sort of listening to yourself. But when you do that, you can anchor that moment in time, never forget it and use it to, to build upon for the next situation that you ultimately are going to be going through. Yeah, I agree. And having kind of that documentation, because in general, I think people don't necessarily share their emotions or what they're going through, especially men. Um, often, obviously, times keep those emotions in. And at some point, they're going to, you know, affect things and bottle over either in business or your personal life. So I think documenting is important. And if you can talk to someone or have some kind of healthy habit like meditation, working out to kind of, you know, diffuse those kind of negative thoughts or anything you're going through in the moment. 100%. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you may have going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a, a fantastic, cool new company called Morpheo. If anybody's interested in chatting, whether it's on nerdy marketing stuff or just entrepreneurialism or uh, anything that you're interested, you can always jump over to LinkedIn and look for me, Eric Barden, E-R-I-C, V as in Victor, A-R-D-O-N. 
Uh, thanks again, Roman, for having me and uh, would love to connect with some uh, other amazing individuals. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.